You've attended council hearings in person. You've tuned in to our televised proceedings on Channel 13. Now, you have the chance to listen to us on the radio as we demystify the work of the people who do it. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council with your host, Josh Gibson. Thank you, deep voice person with a funky backbeat. Indeed, this is not a council hearing. This is Hearing the Council. You can't have a government without a council, so you can't have a government radio station without a council show. This is it. We're coming to you from the train track and closed nerve center that's the headquarters of the Office of Cable, TV, Film, Music, and Entertainment. It's also the historic headquarters of Black Entertainment Television, so it's an honor to be here. Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to celebrate this thing called the Council. I'm Josh Gibson, Director of Communications for the Council. You may also know me as the Council's voice on social media, at Council of DC. If you don't follow us already, get with the program. Here at the Council, our communications goal is to engage with residents in an informative, conversational, and sometimes even enjoyable way. You know if you follow us on Twitter, we're believers in the Mary Poppins School of Communications. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. We want to make it easy for average residents to understand what the Council does. We're demystifying our work and the people who do it. Remember, the D.C. Council is just like your workplace, except with a dais. On the show, we'll try to keep things light, offbeat, informal, and interesting. You'll learn about policy, learn about people, learn about history, and learn about the institution. Listeners, we nearly wrapped up our first and second round interviews with council members. They're available on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Those focused mainly on getting to know the council members, their backgrounds and biographies, successes and struggles. Now in our third round, we're going to focus more on the people at the council, colleagues, coworkers, community leaders, and the like. And a disclaimer, we shared the general questions in advance so the council members could prep if they chose to. And council members can always pass on a question if they'd like. So now, without any further ado, let me introduce our guest today, Ward 4 Councilmember Brandon Todd. Hello, Josh. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank Good. you so much for coming back. Oh, it's my pleasure. I enjoy it every time. Awesome. Well, it's war. It's round three. Round three. Round three. We're coming around the bend. We're going to wrap up the Ward 3, uh, the Ward 3, uh, the round three interviews Excellent. and uh, start on round four. All so, right. I'll be is, ready. Which is amazing. All right. So, like I said, people is the the sort of general theme of uh, round three, and we're starting out with role models. And uh, if you have two that fit these uh, categories, Mm -hmm. all the better. We're looking for someone who you knew or know, uh, and someone who maybe you didn't, maybe uh, someone who you never had the good fortune to meet, a historical person, fictional person. Okay. Hit me. Well, uh, who served as role models personally my whole life, I'll say my mom and my grandmother. Um, They instilled in me at a very young age a strong work ethic um, to be compassionate for people uh, and to never take no for an answer. Uh, And I think that those uh, guiding principles that they've instilled in me have allowed me to do my job as a lawmaker. even better than I could have ever imagined. 
professionally, I would say my very good friend, Mariel Bowser, uh, who happened to have be the Ward 4 council member before me, uh, and now she's our mayor. But uh, she's been a role model uh, from the day that I went to work in her Ward 4 council office in October of 2007, uh, and she still is a role model uh, today uh, in March of 2019. A person that I have not met before, but is certainly a role model in everything that I do and I strive to be is our, our former president, President Barack Obama. Uh, he uh, provides hope for so many people in our country. Uh, he was a moral and a sound leader. Uh, and I wake up every day uh, and I try and lead um, my ward, uh, Ward 4, uh, in the way that I, I think that President Obama uh, led our country and would be leading it uh, if he were president today. Okay, let's go back to your mom and your, and your grandmother. First of all, what do you call your grandmother? I call her Grand Gloria. And I'll Grand tell you, Gloria. Grand Gloria. So she said when I was two years old, uh, I, I walked up to her and I said, you're my grandmother, right? I looked her directly in her eyes and she said, yes. And she said, my next question was, your name is Gloria, right? She said, yes. And I said, I'm going to call you Grand Gloria. You're going to be my Grand Gloria. And I'm, I'll be 36 on May 26th. And uh, for the last 34 years, I've been calling her Grand Gloria. I have a younger brother, Christopher. He also calls her Grand Gloria. Uh, all of her nieces and nephews call her Grand Gloria. So that that name has stuck over the years. Um, even one of her great nephews calls her Aunt Grand Gloria. <laughs> so that's awesome, and that's no. so awesome. I almost forgot the question I yeah. was going to ask you. Uh, you said that one of the things you learned from her and from your mom was not to take no. Not to take uh, no for an answer. For an answer. Absolutely. Where, how did you learn that from them? What, how did they give you that example? And, and is there an example of uh, a time you put that into practice? No, I think I would probably say uh, when I was at, in elementary school, I went to Winston Education Campus uh, in Hillcrest in Ward 7. Uh, and I remember I must have been in maybe the second or third grade and I wanted to participate in an after-school activity at the nearby recreation center and they were full so I went home and I told my mom and my grandmother that I wouldn't be able to be in this um, activity and they did all kinds of things after school coloring different activities because it was full and they didn't take no for an answer and my grandmother said then and she'll still say it today never let anybody tell you no Right. Never take no for an answer. Uh, and, you know, that's that's how I lead now. <laughs> that's how I encourage my staff uh, to get things help get things done on behalf of residents of War Four is let's just push um, every leverage point that we can always to get things done. And so there you have it. Never take no for an answer. Let's always figure out how we can get to a yes. Yep. And, and another <clears throat> speaking of another potential role model, Oprah. Uh, says a variation on that says never take no as an answer from someone who couldn't tell you yes as an answer. Ah, okay. That's yeah. a, it's a bit of a variation. Yes. That's like a, if someone doesn't have the authority to tell right. you yes based on where they are in the pecking order. Absolutely. Never let them tell you no. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, I agree. I agree with Oprah. Okay, but that's always wiser. <laughs> yes. Don't don't make Oprah angry. Don't make Oprah angry. <laughs> You're right. Uh, well, speaking of other people we probably shouldn't make angry, 
Um, let's talk. Let's take it back uh, to the council uh, mm-hmm. more to, more directly. Oh wait, um, did we? Um, no, we did. Yeah, we did cover both both uh, levels mm-hmm. of role models. So let's bring it back to the council. Um, let's talk about some behind the scenes heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, we all know the council members. We all know them. We love them. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's talk about the staff yes. folks, either in your own personal staff or sports staff at the council. Yeah. Who are the people you can't uh, live without, me, or do you just want to give a shout out? Let to? me tell you, uh, my team—they're uh, really the best team in DC government. And I have to say that uh, they were seven, never had a council member say that. Before. Never had a council member. I'm the You're first, the first okay. one. <laughs> you know, they put in sixty to seventy hours a week. They go to thirty-seven plus community meetings uh, a month. Uh, they answer my text messages late at night, early in the morning. They're responding to emails from residents, taking phone calls uh, from residents at all hours. And they really just are, they really are heroes. All of them are behind the scenes heroes from my chief of staff all the way down uh, to my scheduler. Uh, They really uh, make the trains run on time. I will, however, share uh, a pretty heroic story from one of my staffers, my constituent services director, Jackson, Uh, About a year and a half ago, a 92-year-old resident called him on his cell phone and said that my dog is in my swimming pool and it's dead. Jackson got in his smart car, drove to her house, took the dog out of the pool, put it in a bag, and disposed of it. I mean, talk about going the extra mile for the constituent, right? You have a 92-year-old woman who's frantic about her dog that is, you know, drowned or died naturally and fell in the water and, you know, she can't get it out and she doesn't know what to do. I I don't think I would have even done that. Actually, I know I would not have done that. (laughs) I also see a fair amount of uh, snow shoveling. Snow shoveling, Going on from from your staff. So my team, from Joshua to Jackson to Gary, whenever it snows, they're out uh, shoveling the snow of seniors and disabled people and people who can't uh, shovel themselves out. Uh, during any snow event, we usually shovel a little over 200 homes. So it's pretty incredible. It's pretty incredible. They are an amazing team, and I couldn't do my job without them. I need to pull a, like a topographical map of the district because I feel like Ward 4 has some of the higher topography. So I feel like when snow hits, yes, it, it hits Ward 4. You're going to get a little more We're snow. We're going to get a Ward little four. more. You know, we are the diamond of the city. We're right at the top. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. The Absolutely. best 84,000 people Washington has to offer. We love Ward 1, 2, and Ward 2, and 3, and 4, and 5, and 6, right, 7, right. and 8. Right. Your, your ward is the, is the top ward. The wards that touch your ward yes. are sort of a second tier, you know. <laughs> um, now, uh, okay, so we talked about staff. Now, why don't we talk a little bit about uh, community uh, leaders? Mm-hmm. Uh, can you uh, mention some folks that you see as uh, up-and-comers, as community leaders uh, in the neighborhood, folks that you see as showing promise. Absolutely. I I don't want to leave anyone out, but I'll tell you that uh, we have some incredible uh, civic association leaders across our neighborhoods, some pretty incredible advisory neighborhood commissioners um, across our neighborhoods. Uh, And I think that uh, they're all up and coming. They're all standouts in their own right. Um, It's pretty amazing how having the opportunity to go to a meeting in Chevy Chase or Riggs Park uh, or Brightwood 
uh, or Petworth, where I live, uh, and you see the variation of focus uh, from from our neighborhood leaders. And they really do an incredible job. And they do it all uh, as volunteers because they care about their community and they care about our city. Uh, So I really am just so pleased with uh, the leadership that we have in Ward 4. Uh, to help me stay focused on what we know is important, um, you know, investing in schools, investing in infrastructure, investing in uh, a sustainable environment, um, investing more in public safety, um, and even some things that we may not be focused on, right? How do we turn our attention to those items? And they do a great job at helping me and my staff do just that. Um, can you can you think of any uh, anecdotes or examples of when there was a, a particularly dogged community leader who stayed with an issue, uh, who pushed extra hard? Absolutely. When you we're going to re um, re not redevelop, but uh, get a new roadway at Oregon Avenue, uh, and Gary Thompson uh, is an advisory neighborhood commissioner. He's no longer on the commission. Uh, but he was so focused throughout the very beginning discussions, probably a decade ago, um, uh, on how we would redevelop or not redevelop, but reconstruct Oregon Avenue, um, which is west of Rock Creek Park. And it's a beautiful country road. And now we're going to uh, it'll be reimagined. It'll have bike lanes. It'll have a sidewalk. It'll be safe for pedestrians. But uh, he was really instrumental in making sure that people in his community knew what was happening uh, from the very beginning until the end. Uh, and he's not as involved in that project now, but certainly I know he's got to be proud of the work that he's done to get us to where we are today. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation that's going on now about what is a road mm-hmm. and who owns a road and who does it belong to and who has primary use of it, that, uh, the different modes with scooters and electric bikes yes. and, uh, you know, it's a real uh, uh, shared real estate conversation that's going on. It is. I mean, in a city like ours that's growing uh, by leaps and bounds every day, uh, you know, we'll be at a million people in the next decade and a half or so, maybe even sooner. Who knows? Um, and we have cars and we have line bikes and we have capital bike share and we have bird scooters. And then I think there's another scooter company out now. Then you have cyclists uh, who uh, cycle to commute. And then they also cycle for recreation and more cars than ever, more pedestrians than ever. It's a very unique time in our city. Uh, for multi-modes of transportation. So it is very interesting times. Yeah, absolutely. But good times, I think. Yeah. Good times. Um, so uh, so we've talked role models, council staff, uh, um, and uh, community leaders. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about constituents. That mm-hmm. I know you, uh, from your time as council staff um, and uh, as council member, you've interacted with thousands, tens of thousands mm-hmm. of constituents. Um, let's talk about some times when uh, you were emotionally impacted by these folks uh, uh, in a happy way, in mm-hmm. a sad way, uh, 
in a hearing, someone who called your office, yeah. uh, someone who stopped you on the street. Yeah, I'll um, tell you, you know I have a soft spot in my heart for seniors in War Four. Absolutely. Uh, they are my absolute favorite, and I talk about them uh, often. Uh, but there is a particular senior, uh, Miss Lula Johnson, been a War Four resident probably 70 years. Uh, she is in her late 80s, almost 90. Uh, and when I was first elected to the council, she talked to me about her dental health uh, and how in her health care regimen uh, there was a gap uh, in dental coverage. Uh, so I went back to the council office and I talked to my team um, about how we can help more Ward 4 seniors uh, and D.C. seniors be able to bridge that gap. Uh, and get them some dental coverage. So I introduced the draft uh, legislation. I introduced it before the council. It had a hearing uh, with the Committee on Health, and uh, we were able to pass the legislation through the council. We were able to fund the bill at about $400,000 to set up a pilot uh, for uh, senior dental services. Uh, and it, what it does is it provides a grant uh, to dental providers to provide free preventative and diagnostic dental care uh, for seniors over the age of 65 and whose household income uh, is less than $100,000. Uh, I believe that the program has been wildly successful already. I've attended a few community meetings and had people walk up to me and say, Councilmember Todd, uh, I've gone to the dentist or I have an appointment scheduled and it's pretty incredible. Uh, you know, poor dental health can lead to so many other uh, health effects. Uh, and it can also just lead to depression and, you know, people not wanting to interact with folks. And so, uh, you know, I think it is incumbent upon our government to pick up uh, where Medicaid and or Medicare don't uh, and fill that gap. And so I'll be fighting in the 2020 budget to make that program permanent and no longer a pilot. So I look forward to working with the, the DC Department of Health or DC Health as they're called now uh, to see how the program is working, how many seniors we're able to serve and how we can uh, continue, um, continue that service. And I would uh, encourage seniors who have a household income below $100,000 and need this type of service to call 202 Six two to schedule an appointment. Yeah, it, it's uh, you know I've spent some time abroad, and our health system is just so nuts that if you're a certain age, you get one program. If you're another age, you get another program. If you're another income, you get another program. And your vision is one program, and your teeth are another program. Yes. And mental health is a fourth <laughs> program. And why is I mean we're people. You're like, right. We're all people, and our bodies are. One piece. Yes. So, how could you have uh, be a, a senior who has coverage for your body, mm -hmm. but not for your not teeth? Your teeth. I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, I think that that's something that we have to keep looking at and keep pushing uh, for. You know, whole health coverage because it's so important. You know, you can be healthy parts of your body, but if your mouth isn't healthy and you know your brain's not healthy, then you're not going to be healthy. Uh, so that's not certainly is not lost on me, 
And that's why I introduced the legislation and will look to, to get it funded again in the 2020 budget because I know how critically important it is. Yeah, I mean, you can't eat. Your you body wastes away. Yes. And then they'll pay for your health insurance, Absolutely. you know, or, you know, you're, uh, you don't go out cause you have your, you know, you have problems with your teeth and Absolutely. then you have mental health problems. Absolutely. So it's all interrelated. It's you know, all interrelated. Um, you're right. But, um, you're right. So, so yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's interesting how many pieces of legislation start off mm-hmm. like that with a yes. single conversation. I will tell you that easily 70% of the bills that I've introduced since, uh, being on the council, have come from direct conversation with Ward 4 residents uh, or emails that I've received. Uh, And so it's great, it's really great. And that's the great thing about the DC Council. You can have an idea on Monday, introduce it on a Tuesday, have a hearing in a few weeks or a couple of months, uh, get it through the legislative process pretty quickly. Uh, and it, it really allows us the ability um, to tackle uh, some really pressing needs in our city. So it's great. Now, where do the, I don't remember if you said 70%, mm-hmm. where do the things that don't come from anecdotes come from? Uh, sometimes, you know, just research. Uh, I'll, notice, I'll notice a need or a gap that needs to be filled, uh, or my staff will bring things to my attention, or. Uh, as we're going through the oversight process, we'll learn that agencies have some legislative needs that are unmet. Um, so yeah, different different sources. Yeah, or other. I I know uh, fairly often like another jurisdiction. Absolutely, I another love, state. I love to see what our neighboring jurisdictions are doing, uh, but I also love to see what other states are doing. For instance, I introduced legislation uh, following the Tennessee model that would provide uh, free uh, community college tuition to DC students. Uh, And there are a number of criteria that have to be met, uh, but we really looked at that state, the state of Tennessee at their model, which uh, has worked quite well and modeled the legislation exactly after it. And to go back, I uh, don't know how far, a century, century and a half further than that, our uh, statehood plan mm-hmm. is also based Absolutely. on uh, Tennessee. Absolutely. It's a good state. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a good state, clearly. Um, uh, another question we had uh, here was, um, and, and you already obviously mentioned Mayor Bowser, but are there any other uh, council uh, predecessors that you want to you want to shout out? Yes, that, uh, uh, Ward Four has been so blessed and fortunate to have. I'm the fifth council member representing Ward Four, and we've had some pretty great council members. From Council Member Chairman Arrington Dixon, he was Ward Four council member and then elected to chair. Uh, Dr. Charlene Drew Jarvis, who served uh, our ward longer than any council member for 21 years. She represented Ward 4 on the council. Uh, And then uh, former Mayor Fenty, uh, who was the Ward 4 council member and then uh, elected mayor. But I have enjoyed a very good working relationship with all of them. Uh, I reach out to talk about the political landscape in our ward and talk about some of our awards in our city's most pressing issues. Uh, And so I'm really lucky to have uh, 
uh, three of, of my predecessors who are have been so generous with their time uh, to to meet with me and talk to me about how they governed when they were on the council. Uh, you know, Dr. Jarvis hasn't been the council member since 2000, but there are quite a lot of things in Ward 4 that have remained exactly the same. Uh, some of the same people that she represented on the council, I still represent or I represent today uh, on the council. So I've been really fortunate uh, to have them uh, here uh, and able to pick their brains when I need to and uh, talk to them about best practices. As you know, Dr. Jarvis chaired the Economic Development Committee for many years and uh, she was really focused on how we revitalize downtown Washington. Mayor Fenty uh, was a true um, a, a true trailblazer in the education space, having introduced legislation to require us to to, to modernize all of our schools and you know have a a, a um, uh, have accountability for our schools fall squarely within uh, the executive, and so. You know, they've been we've had some groundbreaking Ward 4 council members who've really gone down to City Hall, down to the council and uh, been really focused uh, and have gotten a lot done for our ward in our city. So I'm lucky to have, you know, all of my predecessors as people that I can pick up the phone uh, and good, get good sage advice from uh, on how to govern. And as as we discussed, I think uh, in a past episode, uh, ward 4 is the only ward that has only Native Washingtonians as uh, has only had Native Washingtonians mm-hmm. hold office. Yeah, And I was also trying to run down the list in my head. I believe it's the only ward that has only surviving council members. Wow. I didn't, that does yeah. not have. I was trying to run through all the other wards, okay. but I don't think there's, knock on wood, it may yes. stay this way for a long time, yes. but I don't think there's, uh, we've lost a yeah, we have Ward 4 council member, and all the other wards, I think we've lost wow. at least one. At so. least one, Arrington, Dixon, yeah. Charlene, so, so Adrian, Muriel, and Brandon. So it's great. May it, may so, it long stay yes. that way. Let's let it, keep it that way for a good long time. Exactly. I plan on being here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well now we're gonna kick to our closeout round, which, right. is, which is super fun and everyone has enjoyed. Um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to name uh, some fun tasks, and I want you to name which of your current uh, colleagues you would pick to tackle these tasks with, um, and uh, explain to me why. Okay. So the first one is assembling IKEA furniture. Which of your current colleagues would you pick? Because you know IKEA furniture comes in the box with the diagram, mm-hmm. kind of pesky, kind of mm-hmm. tough to do. Who who would you pick to put together? Uh, I would say uh, Chairman Mendelson because he has an eye for detail and IKEA furniture can be quite pesky. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so you need someone uh, who can be laser focused on how to get it done. So I, I would pick Chairman Mendelson. Okay. Next up, driving cross country. Huh. I think uh, Council Member Robert White. Uh, I think he's full of interesting ideas that spark good discussions. Okay. Uh, how about cooking up a feast? Cooking up a feast. I would say Councilmember David Grasso because I follow him on Facebook and he's always making some amazing dishes from traditional American fare to Mexican fare. And so I would say David Grasso. All right. Uh, how about compiling a musical playlist? Compiling a musical playlist. I would say uh, Councilmember Silverman because she's outspoken in her musical preferences, uh, which I respect, even if I don't agree with her taste. Gotcha. And then you'd have to 
listen to that the entire cross country. So you know, you'd be invested in it, right? Um, now, how about someone who you'd bring home to meet your family? Oh my gosh! I would, and take I know how much you love your family. So I, this is a serious one. I love my family. I would take Anita Bonds home to meet my mama and my grandmama. Yeah, I can see because that because she is so sweet uh, and just a delight to be around. Uh, and I think they would just adore her. Well, actually, they already do. So. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, how about taking someone to a speed networking event? I think I would take Kenyon McDuffie to a speed networking event because he's fun and he's energetic. Okay. Um, and uh, how about trying to get out of an escape room? Trying to get out of an escape room. I would say Councilmember Trayon White because he's creative. Okay. That makes sense. A lot of these things I'd pay to watch, yeah, okay. by the way. I'm <laughs> optioning the too. TV rights to a lot of these um, personally. I would as well. Um, how about taking kids on a field trip? Brianne Nadeau, uh, because I, I've seen her strong maternal instincts firsthand when she brought Zoe, her daughter, to council hearings. Okay. And, uh, and uh, my favorite, um, which I always say for last, how about uh, fighting off barbarians? Oh, my gosh, Mary Che, because she is fit, and she is spunky and creative, and I think that she could do it. She is, yep. She's she, a fighter. She she's she's absolutely everyone's picking her to take on the barbarians. Really? Yeah, that is, that's funny. She she's, do she's absolutely the, the winner of the barbarian, uh, the barbarian poll okay. at this point. So, um, OK, well, I think that's pretty much it. So um, I appreciate you indulging me on the, uh, the the closeout round, the speed round. Yes. Thank you very much. But, uh, but, so anyway, thank you once again for coming in for round three. Like I hope to have you back soon for round four. And uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. Tune in again next time. We are at DC Radio at 96.3 on your HD4 dial or at dcradio.gov. I'm Josh Gibson. This is not a council hearing. This is Hearing a Council. <laughs>